Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. Morning, Mon. Hey, Lyle. Mm-hmm. This is the delayed broadcast. Mm-hmm. I think we should really just start a revolution mm-hmm. to do away with the delayed broadcast. You're a revolutionary. And have the live broadcast everywhere. Okay. Aren't you getting sick of telling our listeners? Yeah, 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 yeah. Jump on the jump on the live show. Jump across, do the live show. Tune in app. How many people did you help put on the tune in app? I lost count. I lost count because we had a bunch of grey nomads. We were at Grey Nomad Camp, and so they all downloaded tune in app. Yes. And I gave them a bit of a hand here and there. It was really very simple. You know what the best? You know what the highlight for me was? What? When I had this ninety-year-old man come up to me and say. We need to have your stuff available on podcast. We do. This ninety. Yeah, year God old. bless him. Yes. Yeah. And and I'm like, yes, we we agree with you. We've been asking for this for a long time. And then and then uh, and then after that, we had. Uh, then he came back and he says, "How much will it cost?" <laughs> He's gonna foot it. <laughs> Love it. Love that spirit. Do you know what? Actually, Lyle, I think we should stop telling people uh, that if they want the live show to jump across a tune in or to our Facebook. Pa- uh, in, uh, website faithfm.com.au I think we should just start telling people do you know what if you want the live show broadcast in your area just call us up and harass us until we get it out there Lobby Faith FM and of course we've had a whole bunch of new stations that have uh, moved across to the live show which has been fantastic I think mm-hmm. we've tripled the number of new stations across the live show so it's working so keep so calling wo- yeah, us absolutely, absolutely. call Don't us stop. and be Abs- like look yep. I heard mm-hmm. there's a live show I heard I'm on the delayed I heard I'm a day late I want the live show let's make it happen give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM 1-800-324-843 give us a call tell us what you want Okay, coming up in today's show, we're going to talk to Dr. Taz Walker from Creation Ministries International about... uh, Rocks. Stromatolites. (laughs) Rocks. Yes, rocks. Rocks. (laughs) Yep. This is a guy who never stopped playing with rocks. When he was a kid, he played with rocks and now he's... uh, Still playing with rocks. Playing with rocks. (laughs) Continues to play with rocks. Look, as long as he hasn't got rocks in his head, that's fine. (laughs) No, he's actually a very, very educated guy. Yes, he's just got rocks on the brain, but not in his mind. Yeah, he's got them on the brain, very much. But this is very, very interesting, very heartening. Uh, I love hearing about creation and how it affirms our faith in God. Um, Yeah, we also talk a little bit about... uh, uh, a wonderful way on how to celebrate your birthday. And this is a, a personal story from a friend of mine, um, something I've been observing for the last couple of months, and also uh, about a hiker who almost died. So, yeah, very interesting. And we're also going to find out how many people in the world today are vegetarian. The number Ooh, will yes. surprise very you. Much. So, if you can stay guess tuned now. for that story. Yeah, yeah, Take a absolutely. Guess. Anyway, that and so much more coming up. Stay tuned. We love you guys. We love your company, and we love sharing the breakfast show with you. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses The voice I hear falling on my ear The Son of God discloses And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share as we tarry there Nobody else has ever known He speaks and the sound of His voice All the birds hush their singing 
melody that he gave to me is in my heart. Just a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, nobody else has ever known. Guys, that was Daniel Martin Moore with In the Garden here on Faith FM. And as we kick off the day, we have our first clue of the first quiz for the new week. It's all happening here on Faith FM. Yes, it's our breakfast Bible quiz. Time to get your brains into kicking gear. It's Monday. Do you know what? It's Monday and I should be nice. I should be doing an easy quiz, but I'm not. <laughs> I am not. I feel like we hit it hard at the beginning of the week and then ease off. Ease off as we go down the all week. Right, all right. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Well, okay. your brain should be fresh after having a bit of a break over the That's weekend. Right. For those who had a break over the weekend, we didn't really have a break over the weekend. We had a, we had a, I feel like we had a break all week. Ginger <laughs> <laughs> mine feels like a break, doesn't it? Yeah, well. <laughs> anyway. Some of us were working harder than others <laughs> down there. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> But okay, this is a Who Am I quiz, and I've got to tell you, the name is, I'm not even sure how to pronounce the, the name, the answer, so um, hopefully someone will call up and get it right. So who, who am I? First clue, Ahab was the only Old Testament character told to cheer up. I am the only New Testament character told the same thing. Oh, you have got to Do you know who that is? I have no idea who that is. <laughs> yes. Lyle has no idea who that is. Uh, give us a call if you know who it is. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text your answer 0491-064-669. Lyle is writing down guesses and he's getting it horribly wrong, which can oh only one mean on one thing. That being, if you get it right before Lyle, I'm going to send you double prizes. I'm going to send what kind you of two equipment? prizes if you that? can get it before. <laughs> but come on, it's Told a pretty... Cheer up. It's a, pre- <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty, pretty good advice. Cheer up. Yeah, yeah. Cheer yeah. up. That's right. Absolutely. I didn't realise Ahab had been told to cheer up. When was Ahab told to cheer up? Yeah, oh, he was he was um, he was pouting and sulking because there was sulking because there was a uh, vineyard that he wanted. Oh yeah, that's right. And, and Jezebel came like, in and was just like, "We'll just kill the guy and take yeah, it. What's wrong with yeah. you? You're the king." So he did. So yeah, she told him to cheer up, but it was kind of a murderous. And then cheer he goes up. he goes over there to uh, to enjoy his new vineyard, and uh, he finds, he's going through the vineyard, and there's Elijah in the middle of the vineyard. 
That's right. That I remember now. I remember now. Hey, speaking of our texting number, uh, 0491-064-669, uh, Lyle, so we have our brand spanking new YouTube channel, right? We do. And uh, last week, Lyle and I made a little video and posted To give you all instructions. To give all those first 100 subscribers instructions on how to collect your book. Um, so we have that, that wonderful cookbook, the, uh, what's it called again? Nature's Superfoods Simply Natural Super Healthy Cookbook. There's 100 of them here in the office waiting to be sent out. We have a couple of uh, the infos uh, that we need uh, already, but the rest of you who have subscribed, head over to YouTube. Our YouTube channel is Faith FM uh, Australia. And watch the last video. If you're subscribed, you would have gotten a notification about it anyway. But watch that because that's got the instructions on how you can collect your prize. So congrats to those first 100 subscribers. Actually, I think we might have like four left. So if you quickly jump in there and quickly subscribe to our YouTube channel, we're going to send you free of charge a copy of this wonderful (laughs) cookbook. So yeah, get on in there. But make sure you text us your details. We need to know your details. Just go watch the video. It's got all the instructions in there. Yeah, that does. Yeah. Lyle, I've got a special uh, special little message this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we were talking about gratitude. Mm-hmm. And um, hang on, let me just get my video ready. Here we go. So we talk about gratitude. As we talk about gratitude every morning, so every morning we talk about what we're grateful for. We encourage our listeners to call up and, and text in and tell us what they're grateful for. And uh, we love sharing gratitude because gratitude really is, you know, because with Faith FM, it's positively different, different radio, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, so it's important to stay grateful. And, um, and I have a little gratitude this morning. Uh, it's a gratitude for my friend over in California, Katie Sabar. Uh, who is just turned 40 years old today. So congratulations to her. Happy and, birthday. And praise the Lord. And, um, you know, that God has brought her through 40 wonderful years and, and, you know, looking forward to another 40 fabulous years. Now, the thing that I want to point out, because, you know, we love talking about gratitude. We encourage gratitude. Lyle, you're such a poser. Look at you. I'm holding out the camera <laughs> and Lyle's just trying to, like, get in. Trying I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see myself in the because you keep putting. <laughs> you don't need me, to see yourself. Me out. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I want to point out something that Katie did that I thought has been absolutely fabulous, right? And I think this is a great commendation to the rest of us. So she's coming up to her 40th birthday, and for the last I don't know couple of months, she's been doing a gratitude countdown on her on her social media. Oh, really? So every single day, she's put up a reflection of her life um, and detail something that she is grateful to God about. And just, you know, just thinking about her life, thinking about, you know, the last 40 years, how God has led her, where she is now, what's God, you know, got in store for her next, what he's doing in her life now. And it's just been listing off every single day. How long has she been doing this for? Oh, it's been going on for, I, I want to say she did the 40 days before 40, but I could be wrong. She might have done like the 100 days before 40. Did, did 40. she get the idea from us? But Katie, did you steal the idea? We talk about gratitude every single morning here. Maybe no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's wonderful because you know when we get to birthdays, it's always it's it's usually me, 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 birthday cake and presents. But this is a wonderful attitude to adopt when this celebrating. This is like a couple of months of birthday birthday party. I know, I know, right? Just thinking, I, I must it must have done really good stuff for her mental health to be thinking about all oh, that yeah. gratitude oh, for so absolutely. long. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, it's wonderful. The best thing you can do for your mental especially health, especially with such a big milestone birthday. I mean. Kudos to Katie for turning 40, but even more kudos to God for bringing her through. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the things that um, is a major, uh, really effective way of treating depression. Yeah. It's just simply getting people to list something that they're grateful for every it's day. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And it just it just brightens your day. Yeah. and I, But I think there's a little bit of a difference. You know, we think about something we're grateful for in the sort of the short term, like, oh, what have I been grateful for in the last 24 hours? She's been casting her mind back over 40 years. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you think back that far, I think you could spend the rest of your life just sitting there listing all the things you're grateful for. Because in 40 years, the Lord would have done so much for you, so much for you that you're not even aware of. 
Anyway, that's my gratitude story for this morning. Uh, grateful to Katie for turning 40 and grateful to her for giving us a new perspective on birthdays and, you know, being grateful for them. So good on you, Katie. Appreciate that. Yeah, go, Katie. Okay. So I want to tell you another amazing story, Lyle. Mm-hmm. This is about a hiker and uh, who almost died in a snowstorm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's this lady, she's 34 years old, which is my age, and uh, and she was hiking along. Uh, she's doing the, um, oh, what's that thing called? The Pacific Crest Trail. You familiar with the Pacific Crest Trail? Nope. It's probably one of the most famous hiking routes in the world. And um, it was made even more famous because a couple of movies came out uh, about it recently. Um, like uh, a lady went and hiked it and uh, they made a true life story about it. And uh, it's in, uh, I think it goes through California and up to Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so she was hiking. She was doing the the Pacific Crest Trail. It's two hundred and no, sorry, two thousand six hundred and fifty miles. I'm not sure that isn't kilometers. Two six five oh, like a bunch of kilometers. And uh, so she started. Uh, she started on this trail, and she hiked uh, north, made it all the way to the Glacier Peak Wilderness, which is an alpine mountain region in Washington. It's considered to be like the hardest part of the entire trail, and um, uh, the area has a lot of snowstorms. Uh, most people try and finish the trail by September because when October hits, you know the weather is too inclement to actually really finish it. But this particular hiker, hiker her name is Katarina Gr- Grunen. Oh, Grunen, that's German. I don't know why I stumbled over that. Uh, she found herself, she was only 200 miles from Canada, so she couldn't, she couldn't bear to turn around when she'd gotten so close. You know, she's almost there. Uh, but she actually came across a lady hiking as well who was just doing a day hike. And this lady was a, is a local from Washington State. Her name is Nancy Abel. And, uh, and so they actually hiked together for a couple of hours and had a chat, you know, just hiked side by side along the trail. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, until they eventually parted ways. But, and I, you know, Nancy calls this uh, her intuition, but I think the Holy Spirit was really speaking to Nancy because from the moment they parted ways, Nancy just couldn't stop worrying about uh, Katerina. And, uh, you know, and she, but when she got home after a little day hike, she just jumped online and she kept checking the daily weather forecast along the trail where she said she was going to be going. And then uh, a few days later, a storm actually rolled in. And so she was still concerned at this point. So she started posting up um, on local hiker forums asking if anyone had met this particular hiker. You know, she's like, I'm wearing a red jacket. Has anyone seen her? No one's seen her. She gets, you know, even more worried about her. So she calls rescue services and tells them there's a missing hiker, even though there's not necessarily been any reports for that. And, uh, and she knew where Katarina was going to be hiking um, in terms of – she was wanting to be hiking 15 miles a day. So she calculated how far on the trail uh, Katarina would be. Uh, could be. Could be, um, keeping in mind the weather and how much she was carrying. And, uh, and so the rescue unit was like, do you know what – you know, we could we could have a we could have a pretty good guess where it is. So they guessed that she was north of Micah Lake, and that's exactly where she ended up being. And she was almost dead. Oh, you've and she, got to yeah. be kidding! So she had she had slowed down to a pace of only seven miles per day because she was soaking wet. She had hypothermia, frostbite. She had run out of food. Her tarp that kept her tent dry had blown away, and her mobile phone no longer had service. And uh, and she kept waking up in whiteout conditions. And she she literally was preparing herself to die. When suddenly, out of nowhere, she didn't make any rescue calls, didn't have any way of making a rescue calls. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a rescue helicopter appears. Can you imagine? <laughs> wow. Can you imagine the relief? Yes. The relief. Yeah. Anyway, so thank, you know, praise the Lord that the Holy Spirit spoke to, to Nancy and, uh, and kept her worrying about this woman that she'd only met for a few hours on a trail. Um, so Katarina has been saved and uh, now they're hanging out at Nancy's house in warm, <laughs> having hot chocolates and marshmallows in front of a toasty fire. Nice. <laughs> That's one way to make a friend for life. Just save their life first. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Stay uh, fantastic tuned. Story right we'll be there. right back after this song. This is Vocal Union. We rock.
read and heard a story from the blessed old book How the walls of Jericho, the people marched around And when the trumpet sounded, how the mighty walls shook Walls around the city came a-tumbling down The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before old Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us, matter not what may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home The Lord said, Brother Jonah, go down into the land But he disobeyed the Lord by hiding away Then Jonah got converted to obey the command from the well the Lord delivered him on that day The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before old Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us, matter not what may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home. The Lord has raised the dead and caused the blinded to see. Cleanse the leopard spots and turn the water to wine. The Lord's the same today and now forever will be. There's no other power like the Savior divine. The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den. He rolled the waters back before old Moses and his men. He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin. The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew. He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too. He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do. Never will forsake us, matter not when they come. Safely he will lead his faithful children on home. That was Vocal Union with He Will Lead His Children Home here on Faith FM. Do we have another clue for our quiz, Mon? Yes, our super hard Monday morning quiz. <laughs> don't know why I'm seeing that. Okay, who am I? And uh, <laughs> I think this might give it away, Lyle. I met Jesus when he was leaving Jericho. When he was leaving Jericho. When he was leaving Jericho. Do you when, know who he is? When he was leaving Jericho. When he was I'm leaving gonna, Jericho. I'm going to try again. He's going to try, try again. Here. Double prizes. If you can get it before him, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. Nope, you're still wrong. Oh, you're come still on. wrong. Yes. On. How many guesses can Lyle do before he finally gets it right? I have a feeling this might be a record-breaking wrong guess. Oh, what's that? You want to finish writing that down? Yeah. You started writing like something? Okay, yeah, fine. Something along fine. those lines. I spelled it wrong. I know I spelled it wrong. You didn't, spot, you didn't spell it right, but you have got it right. Okay, fine. Lyle knows what the answer is. But give us a call if you know what the answer is. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. Or you can text 0491 You could win the prize this morning if you can tell us who that is. Who met Jesus when he was leaving Jericho? Hmm. Okay, so did you do did you do anything for the eleventh, 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 eleventh thing yesterday? I was stuck in a car for eleven hours. Does that count? Yeah, that kind of counts. <laughs> I was um, I was at a major uh, a major fair, indoor fair, and there was probably I don't know a couple of thousand people there. Oh, lots wow. of lots of display tables, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that, that came over the loudspeaker that that we were going to have the eleventh of the eleventh. Eleven o'clock, um, minute, one minute silence. 
and it was it was fascinating because you know everybody's there they're busy they're working hard they're doing business you know and you get a, a big room with like that packed full of people mm. vendors everywhere every mm. piece of uh, space possible taken up and it was just really great and really moving to stand there and and to have you know as the as the, as the 11th minute of the 11th you know came around and the whole building just came to silence. It's incredible, isn't it? And nobody moved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people from every different background that you can imagine, um, every different nationality, ethnicity. This, of course, was down in Sydney, so you can imagine what the melting pot was yeah. like. And uh, it, it, regardless of which side of the war their grandparents were on, every single person came to a standstill and stopped. And, the, you know, the men took their hats off. And uh, and everybody just stood there quietly for a minute and took a moment's contemplation. Very very moving experience. Probably one of the most uh, moving experiences I've ever had on the eleventh eleventh. Just to see just you know business shut down. Yeah, I've always thought it was an incredible feat to institute that as the commemorative act that we do mm. to make people just stop and be quiet. It's such a hard thing to do, and uh, you know we think of how many other ways we commemorate or you know um, support other causes. And this is a very unique way and unique one that we do. And I, I, I do think it's very – I remember doing it at school and being just like amazed how everyone has to stop and be quiet for a minute and it works. Yeah, and, and I think at school, you know, um, it, it works uh, in a classroom environment, that kind of thing. You think in a business environment that it's one of those things that a lot of people could just simply ignore and I think it's really nice when it's not ignored. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was just – I was very moved by it. But anyway, how many, how, many, how many vegetarians do you think there are in India? I thought this was going to be one of those jokes, like, how many vegetarians does it take to turn on a light bulb or something? (laughs) In India? I reckon there'd be quite a few because they had the holy cow rule, right? Yes. Uh, Is it like, uh, well, their population is in the billions, so let's go 4 million. 400 million. Wow, well, I'm just a little bit way (laughs) off. (laughs) Just a little bit off there. 400 million. How many vegetarians do you think there were in the world in 2008? Uh, A billion? There was 7.3 million. Okay. But now there's 400 million in India. And it's interesting because, you know... In 10 years, we did yeah. that big jump. Um, and globally, 950 million vegetarians now. Wow. So we're pushing a billion. Yeah, wow. Um, varying estimates on that. So it varies between 17, 7 seven to 14% of the world are now... Um, professing vegetarianism. There are uh-huh. different levels of vegetarianism. You know how that works. There are vegetarians yeah, yeah, who eat... Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Who who think that fish and chicken is a vegetable? Yeah, <laughs> and the, yeah, fish is the fruit of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go and pick that off my fish tree. Uh huh. Okay. Um. And so, of course, this comes from the Hindu tradition of ahisma, which is you know a belief in non-violence to sentient beings. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's a very positive thing. I think you know we can um, avoid um, eating. You know. Animals where we can, I think it's a, a, a good thing. Um, and of course, within Hinduism, this is seen as being commendable, but not obligatory. So it's a little bit like Christianity. And I sort of look at these figures and I think, you know what, a Seventh-day Adventist, we've been doing this for like 150 years mm. and now the rest of the world is catching up to us. This is my little a bit of a brag moment right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it's, it's good to see the world catching up. Um, did you know that Mahatma Gandhi tried to make vegetarianism law for India at one Go stage? Gandhi. Yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea. Uh-huh. He, wanted, he, he, he proposed it, but it was kind of, you know, it's a bit hard to bring a bit around. Yeah. And not everybody uh, believed in it in the same way that, that he did. But can, you, can you imagine if he'd succeeded? It would have changed the health scope of that entire nation. 
when you've got one of the most pop, the second most populous nation on earth that mm-hmm. goes vegetarian, imagine the impact that that would have on climate change. Oh, that would have been huge as well. Which is Health where where, change, where yeah. this story is heading because mm-hmm. Hindus are re-embracing vegetarianism in an effort to combat climate change. Um, so Gopal Patel, founder of the Bahumi Project from the Oxford Center for Hindu Studies. Um, has pointed out this is a uh, Hindu response to global warming. He points out that methane is 30 times worse than CO2 mm-hmm. in its effect on climate change and that um, using uh, producing animal food is 20 times um, more destructive to, or uses 20 times more land than producing vegetable products. Yeah, I mean, we all know now, like it's becoming it's becoming common knowledge that the best thing you could do for the environment in every regard is to stop eating animals and animal products. Yeah, forget buying the hybrid. Yeah. Buy a V8 and become a vegetarian. That's Buy all the cars you want, use all the plastic <laughs> you want, but stop stop consuming animal animal products and you will you will change the earth. Yeah, so there's a number of different avenues that is dri- that, that is driving vegetarianism. Of course, I've been a vegetarian for, for health reasons. That's why I mm-hmm. choose to be a vegetarian. And Seventh-day Adventist, traditionally, that has been the position that we have taken, uh, which is why we have promoted a, a plant-based diet for the last 150 years for health reasons. Mm-hmm. But now you've got the added reasons of climate change. Mm-hmm. You can make a massive difference. You can reduce your global footprint more than if you drove a hybrid car for the rest of your life uh, by becoming a vegetarian. Um, and, uh, and and right along with that, of course, now you've got a, a large animal welfare movement that mm-hmm. uh, I think some of that is that some of the animal welfare movement is very good, and I think some of it is a little bit twisted when it tries to make yeah. animals you know the same on the same level or as more human important beings. than humans, yeah. yeah, equal to or more important as human. I think we need to take a reasonable approach there. Um, we we are we were created to be stewards or managers of the world, mm-hmm. uh, rather than on the same level as every other creature that is out there. But uh, yes, the United Nations um, is now promoting a uh, move towards a vegetarian diet. In Excellent. other words, diets that use uh, that are less resource intensive, which in other words is a vegetarian diet. Mm-hmm. Um, Living the Change is a movement that is taking place amongst Christians, Jews, Muslims um, and other people of various different faiths to promote uh, a vegetarian diet. Going vegetarian is is so good for your health, but it has such added, you know, excellent positive added um, byproducts, so to speak, you know, with the whole animal welfare and the environment. Going vegetarian is the one thing where I really can say there's no... Negative side effects. No, that's right. Like everything is positive. Not, o- <laughs> not only do you not only do good things to the planet, mm-hmm. and you are kinder to animals, but at the same time, you get to live like ten to fifteen years yeah. longer than everybody yeah. else without being sick for the last seven years of your life. It takes care average. of everything. You, the planet, the animals. It's like win, 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 win all around. And you know, when you go back to the Bible and you look at what the Bible says, the original diet that was given to human beings was you know fruits, grains, nuts, and then you know after sin, vegetables. And you. It was a plant-based diet. You think God didn't know what he was talking about? You would think mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. You would think so. Now, of course, God provided flesh food, but even when he did, he's like, okay, I'll provide flesh food. There's only some of them you can eat. You know, yeah. he put limits on it. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he also said, you know, I'm going to require at your hand, you know, I'm going to hold you responsible for every life that you take. You know, yeah. you don't just go out there and slaughter willy-nilly. Um, we need to be responsible as human beings. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting to look at the, uh, um, the, the living the change. I had to smile a little bit. 
uh, these guys because they're like you know, kind of wealthy guys. They're, they're thought leaders and all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And um, you've got this guy here, um, yeah, different different religious backgrounds, but he's like, yes, I'm going to adjust my thermostat one to two degrees higher during summer. And I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, this is great. Let's go, Benjo. For those, for those who, for those who can, can afford air conditioning, I've run an air conditioner for I don't know how many years because I can't afford to switch that thing on. Yeah, they're expensive. So the other, the other, how the other half live is like, yes, we're sacrificing, we're raising our thermostat one to two, two degrees. Anyway, need to move on. This is Anders Vincent with a blind man.
Welcome back, guys. That was Anders Svensson with Blind Man here on Faith FM. That certainly goes along with... Um, yeah, anyway, we won't, we won't talk about what that goes along with. <laughs> Lyle, you got a shush now. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a theme this morning happening in the background nah, there. Nah, but anyway, nah, what's, the, what's, the, what's uh, changing the subject? What's the next... Um, what do you mean changing the subject? It's the totally next, on subject, aren't you? <laughs> next clue for the quiz. Okay, our next clue is this. Many people rebuked me and told me to be quiet when I called out to Jesus. Hmm, who is that? Give us a call if you think you know the answer. What is that person's name? 1-800-324-843 is our number. So give us a call here. I have uh, on the phone with me this morning uh, Dr. Taz Walker. Dr. Uh, Walker, welcome to the show. G'day, g'day. How you doing? Yeah, great. Thanks, Taz. It's really good to be here and it's a beautiful day up here in Brisbane. Ah, very, very Ooh, nice. We, um, we all wish we were in Brisbane right now, but it's not so bad here in Newcastle either, so that's, um, that's all great. Now, Taz, um, I wanted to talk to you this morning about uh, uh, stromatolites. I'll try and get the pronunciation there correct. And the reason being that uh, a couple of weeks ago we had some, a story that broke in the news about uh, stromatolites in Greenland and, you know, this discussion about whether, you know, the world is, uh, life on Earth is 200 million years older than what we thought it was before. But um, I thought that, you know, there's, here's, here's a story about rocks and so I need to talk to a geologist to get some background on this. And uh, Dr. Taz Walker, you're a geologist. So let's, let's begin by just talking about uh, stromatolites. Um, what do they look like? What, what are they? Uh, well, stromatolites, they're a, um, in, a, in a rock layer, if you have a cutting, so you're looking at rocks or they're exposed at the surface, they are basically, they're a, a layer, a, a, an area of layered rocks, a small area uh, in, in these sediments, and they uh, look like, um, well, they look like mushrooms or they look like tiny little bushes, uh, but they're made, of, uh, they're made of layers of sediment. So they can. Um, that's what they look like in the rocks. And uh, what geologists have done is that they've looked at these and they've tried to compare them with something which is alive today. And so the things that they've found are these, uh, uh, they call them modern stromatolites. They're uh, bacterial uh, little structures and you find them in Shark Bay in West Australia, living in there, and in some of the lakes in Western Australia. There's one of the lakes on the way to Geraldton, somewhere between Perth and Geraldton, where you find uh, these uh, these living things there. And so what happens is geologists say that these patterns in the rocks must be uh, uh, caused by the you know things which were alive uh, in uh, on the earth uh, billions of years ago. Uh, but that's really quite a big jump. Okay, so that's based on the principle of they kind of look the same or kind of look similar, therefore they are. Kind of, but uh, it's very hard to actually get them to, to look at them because they're in the rock and it's very hard to uh, look at the three-dimensional shape of them. And so there's a lot of uh, uh, imagination which has to go into to be able to, to decide what they are in the rocks. And that's why there's so much controversy over them. Sure, sure. Now, if we wanted to look at the uh, the ancient ones, the ones that are actually in the rocks, because you mentioned a number of locations there in Australia where we can see living ones right now. If we wanted to look at ancient ones in the rocks, where would we where would we go to see those? Say here in Australia. 
Um, oh, oh, numbers of places. Basically, you find them uh, up around Mount Isa. There's lots of rocks there which are Precambrian rocks. You find them most, uh, mostly in Precambrian rocks, but not always. You also find them up in the Pilbara area of Western Australia. So um, there's, there's a number of places where these are found. And uh, because these rocks are very, very old, uh, they become important or significant or famous uh, because uh, geologists will interpret these as being caused by these bacteria. And so then they say, well, this shows that life was on Earth billions of years ago. And it all, it's all uh, uh, a supposition based on supposition based on supposition. Sure, sure. Now, um, you know, it's been pointed out that some of them appear to be biological and others abiotic, which is non-biological. Um, how, do they, how do scientists tell the difference between a uh, stromatolite that is um, supposedly biological and one that is non-biological? In other words, wasn't life? Um, well, in, in actual fact, when you read, read about, you know, about them, they say that's the great puzzle that scientists are doing is how to tell the difference between them because uh, they, they, it's just it's so hard to, to, when you look at the rocks to be able to um, find reliable ways to, dis- to distinguish between biologically formed ones and abiotic ones. And uh, it's an active research in modern geology. And uh, so much hinges on it as far as the claims that are made as to whether they're biological or whether they are actually uh, not a biological, and uh, and and yet it's such an area of um, uh, that's uncertain. It's such an uncertain area, and uh, so it's amazing these big claims could be made on stuff which is so flimsy. Sure, and of course we've got this storm of controversy, which is some big claims coming out of uh, stromatolites in Greenland, where Dr. Alan Nutman from the University of Wollongong. Um, has reported that that his discoveries there have pushed the evidence of life on Earth back by 200 million years, supposedly, um, which would have been life appearing on Earth just after it was formed. Would you agree that life came into existence just after the Earth was formed? Uh, no, I don't, actually, um, because uh, it's a, it depends on the way the, the rocks are interpreted. So these are found in uh, Precambrian rocks, but actually in Archean rocks. And uh, these are um, assigned an age by people who believe they've got a certain way of looking at the world and they believe that things happen slowly and gradually and they do not believe that there was ever a global flood. And so they have a, a very, a very um, particular way of looking at the world and based on that way, and, and, and it's a very widespread belief within the geological circles, they uh, interpret it as this uh, being billions of years old. But in actual fact, um, you can look at the rocks and they make a lot of sense because it was formed not slowly and gradually, but by a global catastrophe uh, where the whole world was uh, inundated by water and crustal movements and destroyed. And it's recorded in history uh, as the the flood uh, of Noah's time the global catastrophe. And when you look at it that way, these stromatolites or, or the, uh, these, uh, these structures formed very, very early in the Noah's flood. Mm, okay, yep, yep. So early on in the time of the flood. So, um, so what would the advantages of the flood model be compared to the evolutionary model in studying stromatolites? 
Well, I think the uh, the flood model does explain why we find so much sediment around and, fi- and why we find so much um, volcanic material uh, around in that area. And also it explains why we find so much movement of the Earth's crust. So the flood model really gives a different perspective. There's certain areas where it's very, very powerful. And if you look at the other end of the scale into the landscapes and uh, the uh, on the Earth, uh, it's very, very powerful. You can see the evidence of the flood when you fly around uh, and, and look at areas which are not vegetated. You can, you can see amazing evidence for the flood. But back in uh, this particular one, there are layers, uh, they're found um, in layers which have got uh, evidence of great catastrophe. Uh, some of them, uh, there's areas of, um, uh, there's, there's mudstone and that sort of thing, which it doesn't indicate catastrophe. But there's also uh, conglomerate, large-scale conglomerates in the same area, which points to very, very rapid processes, huge catastrophic processes. And it talks to rocks buckling under great pressure. So that was part of the research as well. And so the Noah's flood explains why we find such a huge catastrophe uh, covering such a large area over these 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 um, uh, these, uh, these uh, sediments and areas. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, if we look at uh, Dr. Um, Alan Nutman's theories, uh, who's from the University of Wollongong, he's he's claiming that you know this pushes the evidence of life on Earth back by 200 million years. Does this mean that our textbooks are going to need to... If that's accepted, we're going to have to rewrite our textbooks again? Of course. So the textbooks are based on the so-called evolutionary worldview, the evolutionary way of looking at things. And so that they constantly change in so many areas as new facts are discovered or new ideas are put forward. And so... The, the, the textbooks don't change as rapidly as you think. Uh, the ideas change, but the textbooks sometimes take decades to catch up to to things. And particularly as far as proofs of evolution is concerned, the textbooks will hold on to things which are wrong, which are uh, which have been shown to be incorrect. They'll hold on to them uh, with it because they are so uh, so good at convincing students that evolution is true. So there's a lot of things in the textbook that even uh, uh, paleontologists, scientists and geologists uh, acknowledge are not true, and uh, yet they're still being taught. Yeah, and I'm sort of thinking of you know how much the textbooks have uh, have changed in some areas where they should have changed since you know you and I were in school. And oh, absolutely! It, it just sort of yeah. Sometimes I wonder whether or not evolution, the theory of evolution, is pushed forward by publishers who make tons of money every time they get to re-release, you know, a, a slightly edited textbook that they then have to force all the students to, you know, cough up huge amounts of money <laughs> for. Like it's really one. like snowballing their business, isn't it? It's keeping them in business. This constant changing face of evolution that they have. Yeah, well, textbooks are a great industry because you've got new students every year and, mm-hmm. and they've all got to go and buy the books and the books are, not, you know, they're usually quite thick books and so, yeah, so it is a great business. And uh, But a lot of the stuff, they don't usually put in a lot of new material uh, because, but they just reshuffle what they've done into into different arrangements, slightly different pictures and that sort of thing as far as textbooks go. I mean, this is a this this is a rather large um, discussion that they're having right now because, you know, when you when you think about it, you know, the, the the dates are presented with with such absolute confidence 
in so many of our textbooks and lectures and presentations and so forth. And uh, and, and here they've got found them to be out by, you know, only only 200 million years or so. I mean, it's like, seriously. It's hard to believe, isn't it? 200 million years. It's uh, uh, they, they changed the date by 200 million years. And that's, like, this is... Uh, this is um, not not unusual. Uh, I, with the organisation that I'm with, with Creation Ministries, we publish research papers and research reports, and it's constantly the dates, uh, so-called uh, dates of fossils, are being changed by those sorts of values: two hundred million years, one hundred million years, fifty million years, and those sorts of things. The first appearances of of uh, things like um, Ducks or crocodiles or you know various various uh, shells and things like that. See, the thing is, the fossils that we find in the rocks and uh, they are they are interpreted as evolution over millions of years, but it makes more sense that they're actually buried rapidly, uh, and it was it's actually a record of burial during Noah's flood. So before Noah's flood, all these animals were alive on the earth, just like they're alive after the flood. We see them today. They were alive beforehand. And that whole biosphere was ripped up and it was uh, buried. And it was a process that took something like um, something like six months to bury most of the stuff. And then in the next seven months, uh, the water, which covered all the earth, all the continents, uh, it drained off the continents and causing uh, great erosion and uh, ero- and uh, shaping the landscapes. So that's um, the, the way that the, the Noah's flood describes things is a very powerful way. Yeah, absolutely. I should just mention very quickly that uh, Dr. Taz Walker is from uh, Creation Ministries International, which is just an outstanding ministry um, looking at uh, you know the flood and creation from a scientific perspective, and we'll get um, some links to that up on our social medias um, as soon as this um, interview is over. But um, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, now of I, course I had a look at the reports. There was a ABC report about this finding in Greenland, and they actually yes. had some photographs of the area, which is very interesting. And they had some photographs of the rock, and they actually got a little arrow going to a thing, and they say a stromatolite <laughs> pointing to it. But you know, it looks to me, uh, and I haven't seen the area, of course, but just from that photograph, it looks to me like what you would call soft sediment deformation, where the overlying sediment uh, is soft and the underlying sediment was soft at the time, and uh, it, it, uh, it, it sunk into the underlying sediments and it forms what's called flame structures, and these flame structures have been interpreted as stromatolite. And uh, so these shapes can be formed by, just by uh, movements, you know, if the sediment's soft, and uh, it's uh, got water in it, still got water in it, so it's been laid down very rapidly and still got water in it. And as the, as the sediments dewater, it produces these uh, lamination shapes in the sediment. And uh, these are then interpreted as stromatolites when in actual fact they're not. It's just a feature of the very rapid deposition of the sediment. Yeah, and, and that's for a uh, for a layperson like myself, I go to a national park. I read a plaque there somewhere and says, "Oh, these mm. are stromatolites. This is the oldest life form on Earth." And you know, the natural assumption for someone like myself is, "Oh, they've dug into the stromatolite and they've found you know 
biological material or they've found you know life forms there but what you're saying is they're just rocks and because they look like something that we have today then they have decided that this is the oldest life form but there's not actually any evidence of life within that actual rock formation Mostly they're interpreted based on the shape the shape uh, of these things in the rock. So they've got a certain shape. And based on that, they're interpreted as stromatolites. And then they might look at some to see if they can find evidence of bacteria in them. And sometimes they find little, you know, little round things in there and they'll say, oh, we found evidence of bacteria. But that's often very controversial too. They could, the, the others, other... Uh, Geologists will claim that these are not bacteria, but they are actually little um, uh, little minerals that are formed in those sediments, and uh, they've been wrongly interpreted. So it's a, it's an area of great controversy. Uh, these stromatolites, and yet so much in the evolutionary story hinges on it. The first life on Earth. That's what you know they're talking about, but it's not. It was. Uh, the first life on Earth was before all these sediments were deposited uh, in the pre-flood world uh, during the creation week. Dr. Taz Walker, thank you so much for joining us. We are out of time, but it's fascinating to talk about uh, stromatolites this morning and what they tell us. And it just reminds me that when I'm reading a plaque in a national park, a plaque in a national park somewhere that. Uh, Yes, sometimes these things are based on flimsy evidence. Right now, we are going to be moving right along with Carter and Carter, something bigger than you and I. Who made the mountain? Who made the tree? Who made the river flow to the sea? And who hung the moon in the starry sky? Somebody bigger than you and I. Who makes the flowers bloom in the spring? Who writes the song for the robin to sing? And who sends the rain when the earth is dry? Somebody bigger than you and I. He lights the way when the road is long He keeps you company And with His love to guide you He walks beside you Just like He walks with me When I am weary, filled with despair Who gives me courage to go on from there And who gives me faith that will never die Somebody bigger than you and I 
Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. It doesn't seem quite right to say goodbye, my friend But there's a work to be done to tell the world that he is love If I don't see you here again My brother, I'll see you when we get there God's great mercy be forever with you Courage, courage until we get there We are here for just a little while My sister, God surely gives beautiful gifts You are dear to my heart Reminding me of his caring love Fellow pilgrim will still be taking the same way home Even though oceans apart Still be fighting the same fight together If I don't see you here again My sister, I'll see you when we get there God's great mercy be forever with you Courage, courage until we get there We are here for just a little while For the blessed hope we have has to be known by all our family So our Father can finally take us home I'll be praying for you that he will hold and keep you through Till he comes and he is coming soon 
winter, I'll see you 